Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi, my bed crimers. Hope you guys are all doing well. If you're new to the channel, a warm welcome. We do all things true crime. Now let's get to it. When Barry Morphew was charged for his wife Suzanne's disappearance and presumed death, charges that have since been dropped, the investigators described Morphew as a hunter. And what they meant was not just that Morphew was a hunter of animals. They also meant that it was their belief that Barry Morphew resorted to hunting and controlling his wife after he realized she was having an affair and likely was planning to leave him. The investigators believed that Barry Morphew used hunting techniques to capture and corner Suzanne Morphew inside their home to then do her in and then to dispose of the evidence. The cops thought that if Barry couldn't have Suzanne, then he was going to make sure no one else had her either. The arrest affidavit that Colorado law enforcement released, it states that after Barry Morphew discovered his wife's LinkedIn-fueled affair, he resorted to something he'd done all his life, and that is to hunt and control his prey. The prey, in this case, was his wife, Suzanne. The affidavit revealed how Barry Morphew tried to explain away mysterious stops he'd made in his truck in the days right after Suzanne went missing on Mother's Day of 2020. The police believe that between May 9th and May 10th of 2020, Barry Morphew took steps to dispose of evidence of Suzanne's disappearance and death. Unbeknownst to Morphew, he was captured on surveillance video, Google Maps photos, and cell phone pings, stopping to throw away trash at multiple locations. Morphew excused this series of stops and cell phone pings by saying that he'd had various run-ins with multiple wild animals. For example, during an interrogation with the cops in January of 2021, Barry told them that he'd chased a chipmunk with a weapon in hand around the inside of the house he shared with his wife, Suzanne. Morphew claimed that Suzanne was out sunbathing in the backyard when this chipmunk chase was going down in the house. What the police believe really happened was that Barry was chasing Suzanne all around their home at the time, not a chipmunk. And then later, Barry, when confronted with a tranquilizer dart that the investigators found in his and Suzanne's dryer, said that he'd shot a deer with a tranquilizer dart. What the police believe is that while Barry was allegedly chasing Suzanne through their home, he used that tranquilizer dart to subdue his wife. He was probably a very good shot after hunting deer for so many years. Surveillance cameras also captured Barry disposing of something along Colorado's Highway 50 at 4 a.m. on May 10th. While the police believe Barry was tossing away the tranquilizing solution he used with a dart during this drive on May 10th, 
Barry explained away the early morning road trip as him tracking a bull elk down the highway. Pretty much everything Barry said had something to do with hunting. If Morphew is ever found guilty of his wife's disappearance and death, it would appear that prowess as a hunter played a significant role in how he planned and executed his crime against Suzanne. And again, let me state that the charges against Barry Morphew were dropped. He's no longer in jail and is presumed innocent at this point. I'm talking about Barry Morphew today because I see similarities between that case and the case of the four slain students from the University of Idaho. I believe that whoever harmed Kaylee Gonsalves, Maddie Mogan, Zana Cornado, and Ethan Chapin is, like Barry Morphew, a hunter. I say this because of the planning that went into the crime, the sharp-edged object the perpetrator used, and the efficiency with which this person harmed four adult human beings, one of whom was a tall, healthy, and I'm sure strong male. Many retired detectives on YouTube are saying that this perpetrator planned this crime over a period of time. They base this on his knowledge of the rather oddly built off-campus home. It's three levels. It's one bedroom beyond a laundry room. It's unlit backyard. It's unlocked sliding glass doors in the rear. It's back tree line where he could conceal himself his knowledge of where the various victims were sleeping, his street-smart choice of attacking during the wee hours of the morning when it was still pitch black outside and when most people, including his victims and their neighbors, were likely in bed sleeping, his successful entry and exit plans, no one and no security cameras appear to have caught or witnessed this person going into or out of the house. Whoever this perpetrator is, he knew that house. He knew who lived there. He knew the property it sat on. He knew the best place to approach it from without being seen by its inhabitants. And he also knew the best way to flee from it and avoid the lens of a security camera and the eyes of neighbors. The retired detectives are also likely basing their belief that the perp planned the crime by where he placed wounds on the victims. And this is why I do believe this person is a hunter. The perpetrator knew how to not just injure people, but also how to take their lives. And it would appear that he did this to four adult human beings in a very efficient, quick, and quiet manner. The cops have said the crime went down between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., the coroner has stated that each student had multiple wounds and they were to the upper torso and chest. The perpetrator knew exactly where to place his jabs, and I suspect he also went for the neck of some victims to silence them. The weapon itself was of a quiet variety. No loud noises coming out of it. Between the sharp-edged object and perhaps a concentration on the neck— the perpetrator managed to keep the crime quiet. I say this because the two downstairs roommates, who may have heard some rummaging upstairs, definitely did not hear the sounds of what was actually going down. If they had, 
I'm sure one or both of them would have dialed 911. I don't get the feeling that this perpetrator, despite being enraged, was wildly throwing out jabs in a haphazard manner. He used the sharp-edged object skillfully and used, I think, at least on three of the victims, only the number of jabs needed to get the job done. This would indicate that the person has done this before, perhaps not to human beings, but rather to animals. He was confident that the only needed weapon was this sharp-edged object. It could get the job done, because that's the only weapon he used. That tells me he's done this before. So while we may not have a serial offender here, as in someone who committed this same crime before on humans, we may have a budding serialist who honed his skills hunting animals. I've also heard two retired detectives say that the Moscow Police Department should maybe not be so quick to dismiss the incident with the dog Buddy, who was found deceased without its fur. This dog was a couple's beloved pet, so although the dog was found near a taxidermy business, that doesn't explain why Buddy was found in that manner. That act could have been committed by the same person who harmed the students. Whoever is responsible for harming that adorable, innocent dog and these beautiful, young, innocent people clearly has no qualms about taking lives. He was cold. He was calculated. He was and remains confident, at least in his ability to harm others. He doesn't mind the sight and smell of blood. Some of it likely ended up on his clothing and body. And he is probably not all that cracked up right now about his rage-filled behavior on Sunday, November 13th. There's likely no regrets in his mind. But I do hope that he at least feels some sense of being hunted himself right now, of being the prey, because I do believe investigators are coming for him, and it's just a matter of time. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, hey, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, consider a membership. You can also make a Patreon donation. Hey, and if all you can do is hit that like button, I still love you.